0: Well, this morning uh, I want to just share uh, just a few more uh, family—I don't know what you call them—announcements. I guess that's what we used to call them, as announcements. <laughs> uh, just to to catch up on a few things. Um, it was sure great to hear from from Jess today. And one thing we didn't say in there is. Um, is Jess and Phil? Phil is, if you don't know who Phil is, Phil Wambu, He is from Kenya, and um, they were they were recently married, and this is the first opportunity they had to go back. And Jess was able to meet his family, so it was a, a total good cultural interaction that was there. But speaking of Phil, uh, one of the plans that we had as we were talking with Phil, and Phil was talking with us as he wanted to head back to school, was that he was going to stay here and work part-time. And um, and after he got back and he started doing his classes, uh, and he saw the amount of work and the amount of time it takes to drive down to Victoria and back, um, he said, you know what? I, I I can't do that. I won't be able to do that and do it well. And so he's backing away uh, fully. And uh, so he's going to still, Jess and him, as they say, they are still here in the church. They are still involved. Um, They will still do ministry here. He just won't be on staff. And so we wanted to let everybody know we will uh, we'll bring Jess and Phil up. We want to pray for them as they journey uh, along in this next adventure that God has for them. But wanted to give you that update as well. Uh, secondly, wanted to give you a bit of a financial update. I think there's a lot to praise the Lord about here. And uh, we in October we were about 75. We we're meeting about 75 percent of uh, of of our donations. Uh, budgeted donations that we that we anticipated we'd bring in this year and uh, and so we came to the church and we said hey we're we're running behind. would you consider uh, what God would direct you to and I just want to tell you that as of the end of december we're at ninety two percent which is fantastic um, and we want to say thank you for that. Uh, we have held off doing a lot of uh, um, spending within ministries, and so we're we're feeling like we are going to be able to engage back into that again. So, wanted to say thank you. Wanted to give you an update. As well, and then one other thing that I want to just remind you about. Um, and if we, uh, if you were having a cup of coffee today here at New Life, you'd be reminded. But we're not doing that right now. However, that coffee bar is for uh, what we can we can take in for a cool. And we are selling coffee, and so Andrew has that all organized. We were trying to do um, where you would. Uh, you would get a monthly subscription, and then you'd get your coffee, and that hasn't gone very well. But we want to say that uh, there is coffee back there for you to purchase, and that goes back to a cool. It's a way for us to be able to give more into that ministry. And so if you need coffee, please see Andrew. Uh, There'll be somebody back there, so you can buy, buy coffee each week. Or you can give us a phone call and say, hey, um, I want to get some coffee, and we 're usually here, and you can uh, get some that way as well all right that is uh, that is all my announcements that 's all the family business I have for us today so uh, let 's look this morning um, and i uh, I actually was going in a certain direction um, that was going to tie into jess 's uh, interview that I did with her and then, as I was preparing this week, sometimes it happens to me it 's like no. I want you to go this way, so i 'm going to go in a different direction this morning and um, and what I want to do is uh, I want to oh, you know if I press the right one, sorry, my fault. Uh, I want to talk about creating space for god and um, and as i as I think about this, what probably comes to my mind is that we continue to still be under a lot of stress, a lot of uh, worry, a lot of anxiety. And as I, as I talk with people and I think about that, um, I, my heart was kind of saying, I want to go in this direction, just how, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with anxiety? How do we deal with stress? How do we deal with worry? Um, because it seems like we're, we're, that is rising in the world that we live in. Uh, we have in our society day information overload. It's true. And I've used this example again, but I'm gonna use it, use it one more time. Uh, that we get more information that we, than what we bargain for. If I, wanted, if I wanted to go and look something up, I'd maybe go to the library or I would go grab a, a book off the shelf and I would look up my information. Um, I'd look for a definition and I find my definition. For a word today, I grab my phone and I and I put something into uh, my Google and I'm looking for it. And when it comes up, I now have more information than I know what to do with. Over two million searches uh, uh, came up. So I go to my phone, and I'm thinking, hey, I want to go for a hike in about a week and a half. What, what is, what's the weather going to be like if I go on a hike? So I pick up my phone. I grab my phone. I look at it. And as I mentioned before, you get this red banner across there saying, weather warning. And you're going, what? A weather warning? And so you look a little deeper, and you find there's going to be a, an atmospheric river that's going to uh, deluge us. And you, you go, oh, OK. Uh, that maybe changes my plans or, you know, anxiety goes up a little bit. But no, I really want to see what is the weather going to be like in about a week and a half. So I start scrolling down because I want to go for this hike and I see there's a headline and the headline says this on my app. It says, man attacked by a bear while going on a hike. (laughs) All I want... All I want is I just want to know what the weather's going to be in a week and a half because I want to go on a hike. And my anxiety goes even further. Information, we're an we're, we're in information overload. It doesn't matter what it is, but we need to acknowledge that the more information we have, the more it affects us. Not to harp on social media, but social media also affects how we view ourselves or how others view us back in the day for me when I had to walk to school uphill both ways, my circle of influence were the people I went to school with, my, my family, and the friends, and my neighborhood. And maybe I'd have a couple dozen people that would be influencing me. Today, I've got... 950-some people that can influence me on social media. I can put a post up, and and it may influence me if nobody says anything. Oh, okay, well, I thought that was going to catch somebody's opinion or thought. Or I may get a whole lot of information from people and a whole lot of thoughts that I never counted on before. So the way we interact with our social media affects how you and I see ourselves and the anxiety levels in our lives. And then, and then you throw in a pandemic. <laughs> and where maybe my anxiety levels or my worry or my, my these things in my life, my stress was at a level that I could manage, it's now become extreme. How do I cope? This is what I have learned. I have learned that that stress over a long period of time or anxiety or worry over a long period of time depletes my body, my soul, and my spirit. And if I don't purposely counter the stress or anxiety or worry in my life, it will eventually break me. It's true. If I live in a constant state of stress, anxiety, or worry, eventually it's going to break me. I'm gonna, my, my body, my soul, my spirit is going to break And so what's happening, I, I, I think and I believe what's happening is that we create these, these, these ways, these habits of how we deal with our stress or anxiety or our worry, and, and literally it can create these, these neurological, neurological paths in our brain, that it becomes a habit how we deal with a stress in our life, that we literally will begin to deal with the stress the same way, the same habitual pattern will fall into that. And so that's not good. And I want to give some practical steps of how you and I can deal with our anxiety and our stress. So I've come to this, and that is, is that stress, worry, and anxiety it will take as much mental, emotional, and spiritual space as you're willing to give up. Think about that. I believe this is true, that anxiety and stress and worry will give as much mental, emotional, and spiritual space as you're willing to give it. And so another way to put it is, what you feed will lead what you feed will lead. But I also want to say this, that over the years, I have talked with people, worked with people, that their anxiety needs to have the medical profession engaged with it. That I have friends who um, do take medication for their anxiety. And there's nothing wrong with that. I believe that God gives us the ability to be able to have that in our life. And so I, I'm sharing that because I don't want anybody here to sit and go, oh, okay, if I'm just a little bit more spiritual, you know, there's got to be something wrong with me. no. No, sometimes things get off kilter and they need help. And God has gifted people to understand this and to know this and to develop some medications that will help that. So please hear me. I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying that this isn't. But I do believe this. I do believe that no matter where you are, that engaging in some of these practical steps that I'm going to share will help you because I, I know it because they help me and they help others. So what I've done is I've taken the word space and I have make an acronym out of it. And I hope that these five things, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on each one, but I hope these five aspects of creating space for God will help you. Because if if it is true that if I give stress and anxiety and worry space in my life, and it'll take as much of it, much of my life as, it, as I give it, if I create space for God, then I can counter that. So let's start off with the first one, and that is silence. Create space with God, we need silence. In a world that we live in, it's incredibly busy, incredibly noisy, noisy with information, noisy with, with sound noisy with being busy. We need to create space. Jesus knew this. Look at this, this point here in Luke chapter 5, 15 and 16. It says, but God, dis, but dis, despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster. A vast crowd came to hear him preach and be healed of their diseases. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. Drawing away to God from the busyness of our lives creates space for God's peace to enter. If we continue to keep busy and continue to keep noise in our life, then it's going to rule our life. But when you and I can create this space of of some silence before God, you know, I, I, I realize that at 56 years old, I have a little bit more space in my life for this because I don't have my children at home anymore. And so if you have these little kids, these little guys running around, these little girls running around, it can be incredibly busy. And when I say silence, you're going, oh, yeah, I just wish. I just wish I had that. But I still believe it is possible to create some room for silence. For me, I come in I, in the morning, I come here early in the morning, there's no one here, I sit in my office and I have some silence. It's fantastic, I love it. For you, where, where does that exist? You know, it might be when you lay your head down on the pillow at night. That might be, your moment, your time where, where there is silence in your life and you just sit there and you just say, okay, God, wow, what a day. It's quiet. For about three minutes until you hear a kid say, mommy. <laughs> and so what if you fall asleep talking to God? But I I believe we need to create some silence in our lives. P, prayer. Jesus withdrew for prayer. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. I have this little motto that I have in my life, and that is, prayer is the barometer of my walk with God. I will rise and fall according to my commitment to prayer. And I think it's so true. I I need that time to pray and to seek the Lord in that private aspect of my heart, in that private place. Yes, I may have a closet that I go to and I shut myself in, but it's it's more of the privateness of my heart that I can come to the Lord and I can pray to him because he sees all, I can be honest with him, and I can say, Lord, here's where I'm at. This is my life. And God sees that. And reward, he responds to that. It's different than when I'm, I'm driving and I'm praying or I'm in the grocery store and I'm praying or, or I'm whatever is happening and I'm praying. Is this is an intentional part of just saying right now, in this very moment, I'm stopping and I'm just saying, God, here I am. Here's my worry. Here's my anxiety. Here's my stress. I'm just going to give it to you, God. Right now, here I am and I'm giving it to you. Have people in your life that you can go and you can, you can say to them, I need you to pray now. It's the SOS. It's the SOS. And I'm saying, God, I'm saying to these people right now, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. Do you have people like that? That That if you ask them to pray, you know that they will pray for you right now. And if they ask you, you also would pray for them. My mother-in-law is one of those people. I have a good friend. His name is Wolf Pauls. He's another one of those people. My father is another one of those people. I could send a text out. I could send an email saying, please pray. And I know they will. Because otherwise, I'm going to be consumed with my worry. I'm going to consume my anxiety. I'm going to be consumed with my stress. The next one, appreciation. I love these two verses. Having appreciation in my life. It says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithfulness endures forever. And Psalm 77, 11 through 12 say, but then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. They are constantly in my thoughts. I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. There is so much you and I can dwell on. There's so much that we hear that is not good in this world, that we struggle with, that it is difficult, that it is hard. But to be reminded that God is good, to be reminded of the things that he has done, It takes our minds and it starts to change them to go, no, you know what? I have a good God. He is here. He is with me. He is working. He has worked in my life. Just after New Year's, Pastor Andrew had us who were doing the dailies just share a little bit of what God was doing in our, what God had done in our life this last year. And we took that, and we put that in our house church, and we did the same thing. And one of the people in our house church was talking about a, a jar that she has, a blessing jar. And, um, and so uh, she says that she goes into that jar, and she pulls out these blessings. She writes on them. Anyways, I'm not going to share anymore. I'm going to actually ask Astrid to come up, Welch, and she is going to share with you uh, this blessing jar, because I think it is fantastic. How do we remember? Come on. Come on up here. How do we remember the things that God has done? So share about your jar. Okay, this, my
1: friend made this for me a couple years ago, and it says, thankful, grateful, and blessed. And on the other side, it's Astrid's blessing jar. So she gave it to me empty, and she said, anytime you have something that brings you joy, or you're thankful for, or an answer to prayer, stuff it in the jar. So that's what I've been doing, and I use um, cheerful, colorful markers to make me happy when I do it, and big slips of paper. And just after New Year's, I went through it, and I had over 70 in here, and now it's probably over 80. So um, it was fun to look back at it because I'd even
0: forgotten what was in here. Good. Thank you. Um, and I don't need this. <laughs> Brad is so good back there. Uh, yeah, one here. Yeah, that'd be great. So three random
1: Laurel's coaching has been awesome So I was going through a bit of a struggle in my life and my friend Laurel is actually a licensed coach And so she just helped me immensely. So there's one This one's purple Praise God that I am able-bodied. My hands have healed, and my frozen shoulder is gone. Thank you for healing me. And that was a season in my life. I had carpal tunnel in both wrists. I had surgery in both wrists. I had a frozen shoulder. I felt like a wreck. And I'm able-bodied now. So yeah, these things you forget, right? You're like, yeah, there was a time when every day was a struggle, and it's not anymore, and I'm so thankful. Oh, this was this winter. I'm from Alberta, snow shoveling and cross-country skiing. (laughs) Some of you were not thankful I was. There.
0: (laughs) Thank you very much, Astrid. I appreciate that. Isn't that a great idea? You know, we can train ourselves to have these negative thoughts. We can train ourselves to not remember the good things that God has done. Or we can forget them. And so when we have this verse that says that I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. You know, I've I've written some, I've I've had a journal, journal and sometimes I write this down. I like the jar because it's so tangible. Can you imagine your own family having that jar there, and everybody can participate in it and they can write something in it, and then to sit down at a meal and to go through it and say, What has God done? Where did we see him show up? Where were we encouraged? I think it's as good. Very good for us in our lives. All right, moving on, C, commit. Uh, Philippians 4, eight. finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is, excuse me, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You know, our jar helps us in that, but also the community around us also helps us. Sometimes when we get together, we talk about the things that we're bothered about, don't we? We get together with people and we talk about the things that bother us about someone else. Jess had a good reminder, go to that person, don't go to somebody else. But we can talk about these things and these negative thoughts. We can sit together You know, how long does it take for your conversation to go through, go get get to COVID? The things you can't do, the things that you want to do, the things you can't believe that this person isn't this way or this person doesn't think that way, and how negative those thoughts will be. You know, I would encourage you to find one or two people or maybe three people in which you could say, you know what, when we get together, our first half hour, our first hour is not going to be, not going to talk about anything that stresses us, that worries us or causes us anxiety. It's not ignoring it, but it's being a, being, making a point of, I want to talk about things that are good, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy. Think about these things. Again, it's changing our paths. Last one is this, in space, engage. Engage. Engage with God. Engage with God to reveal patterns in your life that you need to change. I love Psalm 139. I love it. It says, search me, O Lord, and know me. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This verse is saying, Lord, reveal me to me. Reveal me to me reveal what you see about me so that I can understand it. John Mark Comer makes these three suggestions where what we could do to look in our life and to say what are some thoughts and feelings or sensations that I'm experiencing. So you're actually looking at them and not just saying okay I have this but it's actually looking at them and then saying what are they so I'm naming them. And then secondly as I'm saying okay what is the lie beneath this thought or feeling or sensation that I that that, that that I am attaching myself to? And then last is is what is the truth and what scripture will reinforce it? So let me give you this real example, okay? So here here is a, a, a something in my life, and it it's it's been been there for a while, and I got to come back to it. I got to recognize it. So a thought or a feeling or sensation I have is, I will sometimes feel like I am a failure because I cannot communicate well. And so I have the sensation of going, I'm a failure. I cannot communicate well. So if I put the next one in practice, and I say, well, what's the lie attached to it? Well, the lie is, is that in order to be a good communicator, I need to be able to preach like Francis Chan or John Tyson. that's a lie. In order to communicate well, I need to be able to preach like Francis Chan or or John Tyson. What's the truth? The truth is is that God has created me to be me. He's created me to be me. And the verse, the verse that I come to, the verse I come back to is one in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. And it says, for we are God's Masterpiece, he created us anew in Christ so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. And I personalize it, and I read it this way, for I am God's masterpiece. He created me anew in Christ Jesus so that I can do the good things he planned for me long ago. And I will repeat that, and I will repeat that, and I will repeat that. Because that's the truth. That's the truth. He didn't create me, Francis Chan. He didn't create me, John Tyson. Didn't create me other than being me. And he created me this way because he has a plan for me. And I'm going to live into that. And I'm not going to live into the lie. But sometimes I sit there and I begin to worry. And I begin to fret that I'm a failure. So God's word is active and living, it's powerful. And God does not want me to live in my failures. He wants me to live in his successes. I can only do that when I live in the truth. So if you find yourself caught in that circle of anxiety and worry, Stress. I would encourage you to create some space for him. Find some silence. Pray. Appreciate. Commit and engage. Write this out. At the beginning of your week, look at it and say, Lord, where, where am I in this? What area do I need to concentrate on? I don't do all of these every day. But every week, I'm practicing something in this, in my life. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you this morning. Because, Lord, you have not left us to wander, to worry. You have not left us to live in stress and anxiety. Lord, you've created a realm for us to have space with you. Lord, in my own life, I know that I have given worry or anxiety room to maneuver where you want to maneuver, Lord. God, that I would live in the truth of who you are and who I am in you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we sing our last song this morning, we're going to serve again communion if you would like to on your own to come up and participate in communion. It's a great way to be able to express appreciation to God, saying, Lord, thank you for what you have done. You are a great God. You're a mighty God, and I thank you for that. Maybe it is to be able to express to the Lord, Lord, you are truth, and I'm going to celebrate your truth today through communion. And so we invite you to participate in communion if you would like to as we sing this last song.